0: Dive in to God's word today as we step into Christmas 2023, our third part of our series today. Uh, The past two weeks, we have really dug into the Christmas story from uh the perspective of Zechariah, Elizabeth, Mary, and Joseph. We answered the questions: how faith follows our focus. Last week we had this amazing opportunity to ask the question: Can a divine appointment be found in disappointment? Well, today's question we want to answer is this. Does God really love us? Spoiler alert. The answer is yes. I know I shouldn't do that, but like, it's too good not to, right? Does God really love us? And so to frame this question, let me ask one more question. Growing up, did you have a favorite toy? Growing up, did you have a favorite toy? I didn't have a favorite toy per se, uh, but I did have something that was very close to me, and that was my teddy bear, Snuggles. All right. Now I would say like, I would love to say that this was past tense, but uh, he's still in my closet. And every once in a while when I need him, right, he comes and, and joins me in the bed. And so it's just, it's just that sense of comfort that I've had since I was really young. This is actually my second teddy bear all time. Uh, shout out to my first teddy bear that I got in the hospital. He was good for a couple of months, but once Snuggle stepped in, it was over. All right. And so Snuggle Snuggles was, uh, he used just everything. I, uh, as I've already overshared, um, have held on to this bear for far too long. Uh, one of my, my, my core memories with Snuggles was I was probably 15 or 16 years old. Uh, 15 or 16 years old and uh, I was heading out to a a tournament. I grew up in Kingston so I was heading out to a tournament in Toronto and at this point in time I looked at my bed and my overwhelming amount of stuffed animals that I had uh, which I'm very happy to say my children have also you know caught that bug. Uh, But if you've ever seen the type of children's bed where like you can see the outline of where the kid sleeps because that's where the stuffed animals aren't, that was me. And so about 15 or 16 years old, I finally looked at my stuffed animals and I said, you can't come with me on this trip. (laughs) They were devastated. They were devastated. You know, just a special shout out to all those amazing uh, 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 caretakers at the hotels. If uh, maybe you haven't had the experience that I did, but I remember coming back. This was earlier, like 11 or 12 years old. I'd come back to the hotel and uh, they'd have all my stuffed animals set out on, on the bed for me. It was really beautiful. But yeah, so 15 to 16 years old, I looked at my stuffed animals and I said, you can't come. They were devastated. Uh, but then, you know, I got around to telling Snuggles that he couldn't come and I just couldn't do it. And so Snuggles ended up coming with me, 16 years of, of age, in the car. And in my head, I'm like, I'm just going to bring him in the car. He could still be a part of this trip, but this is as far as he comes. And uh, as we pulled up to the hotel, I was like, I can't do it. But I also can't walk through the lobby with the teddy bear under my arms. So, Lucky for me, I had brought a pillow, and I stuffed my teddy bear into the pillowcase. Brought him up into the into the hotel room, and then as soon as we were in there, pulled him out, apologized profusely, and uh, placed him on the bed. And I remember uh, having this teddy bear. One of the things, I, it was just this 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 comfort. There was a value that I had established to the teddy bear that I understood that when Snuggles and I were together, we could take on the world. All right, we were undefeated, right? And, and, and it was just it was something that I needed, something that I wanted, something that I held very tightly to me. The, nobody else would have understood the significance of this teddy bear, but every time I saw him and I hugged him, it was good. And so I had established this value on this teddy bear. This teddy bear was irreplaceable to me to the point where when I told my wife that we were going to get married and she started to throw at some of my other things, I said, don't. I said, don't, right? man? come on, right? Anybody that, if you're married to a perjurer, you understand, all right? If it's not nailed down in our house, it's gone. It's gone. But I remember looking at her and I said, not snuggles. Don't, not snuggles. Because there was too much value. There were too many memories that I had, that I had mixed up in this teddy bear. And maybe the same is true for you. Maybe it wasn't, uh, uh, the toy, but maybe it was, it was something else or, or maybe you had established value with something because of the price of the item. But it wasn't that thing significantly. It's it's the, it's the, the love that you really had for it that made it valuable. As we grow in our relationship with God, we can tend to get this mixed up in that God's love for us can only come with the value that he places on us. We've talked about this in the past and how uh, many times when I was growing up and maybe you felt the same way, any time that I would do anything that would step out of God's plan or any time that i known that I had uh, dishonored or, or walked out of step with the Ten Commandments, I felt like my value to God had diminished. Maybe there's a toy that you're thinking of right now that you're like, oh, I remember I had this toy and then in my anger, his leg fell off. There are certain things that happen in our lives with the things that we value where they can actually lose value because of how they're treated or because of the condition that they find themselves in, but not us. Come on. See, the thing about God is that he valued you the same way that he does today as when he was knitting you together in the womb. God's value for us doesn't change and his value isn't placed on us based off of the good memories that we give him or how quickly we can sneak into the hotel with him stuffed into the pillowcase. See, it's God's love that gives us value. It's God's love that gives us value. See it this way. Jesus finishes by saying to his disciples that persecution will come. Some will not value you as much as God loves you. And Jesus takes this and, and begins to describe this in a way that the disciples and those around him would have understood. In Matthew chapter 10, 29 to 30, he says this, are not two sparrows sold for a penny." And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. How valuable are you to God? He can count every hair on your head. And for those of you, you know who you are. That's not a lot, right? That's okay. He still, he remembers the hairs that were there at one point. (laughs) when you see him face to face, you know, that'll be an interesting conversation. But if we understand this from Scripture, if we can read this over and over and over again in Scripture, that God's love for us is massive. Why is it so hard and so difficult at different times in our lives to walk that out? Why can it be difficult for us when we're sitting in the midst of disappointment like we talked about last week to really wrestle through the fact that God's love for us goes beyond our circumstance? Well, we talked about this through the story of Zechariah, Elizabeth, Mary, Joseph. We see it in the story of the shepherds and a star. But there's also a really interesting scripture that we're going to walk through this morning that gives us the Christmas story from a heavenly perspective. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Revelation chapter 12. I heard that. Someone said, ooh, Revelation. Okay. You're right. If you didn't notice at the beginning over the last couple of weeks, I've been telling you, right, like, get your Bibles. We're going to turn here. But I did save that we're reading from Revelation for just that mic drop moment right there. So that was good. I like that someone picked up on that. Revelation chapter 12 opens with a great sign appearing in heaven. Let's read it together. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown and a head And on her head, a crown of 12 stars. Now, if you're new to the story in the book of Revelation, there is a disciple by the name of John who has been in exile on an island called Patmos. And at the very beginning of Revelation, God places him into this deep sleep and begins to reveal many mysterious things to him in the forms of dreams and and different pictures. And at one point, John is actually walking in, in what he can best describe as as heaven itself. And so Revelation is a really difficult portion of scripture to walk through because a lot of it is allegory. It's uh, imagery that was given to John. And so this morning we're going to dive into Revelation together. But I encourage you to dig into this portion of scripture. It is incredible uh, as we walk through it together. Really cool, at the end of season two of Heartstrong, we're going to finish all the way up onto Revelation. Did you know that that by the time we're through Heartstrong season two in just a couple of months in the New year, we will have gone through the entire New Testament together? Come on, church. Come, that's so good. Like, that's so good. We're gonna, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself about, you know, four or five months here, but I'm so excited. Okay. So the imagery that is at work here is really, really important. See, we understand that God in the Old Testament had chosen 12 tribes of Israel, represented by the 12 stars that are in the formation of a crown over this woman's head. And these 12 tribes were called out to represent who God was to to a world that didn't fully know him. To set the example, to lead through God's instruction that people could see who the one and only God of creation truly is. As you journey through the Old Testament, you'll see that while God's redemptive plan was in place, humanity was unable to, to accomplish everything that God had in store for them because the issue of sin hadn't been dealt with. There's a sacrificial system that God places uh, for the people of Israel in the Old Testament, but it only covers sin for a time. How many of you are so blessed this morning that when we look at the cross, we know that that mission is finished? That we have a sacrificial system in place today that doesn't just cover sin for a time, it covers it for all time. Do I just leave the mic here? Like... Oh, So good. It covers it for all time. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross was more than enough. Why do we celebrate Christmas? Because it leads us to the cross. This was God's plan where he looked at humanity and said, I love them, but they can't do it on their own. And he constantly looked around within these 12 tribes and said, who will be the leader that humanity needs? And nobody in all of humanity was able to overcome the issue of sin but Jesus Christ himself. And now because of that sacrifice that he willing, that he willingfully made, the sacrificial system that God had instituted in the Old Testament is complete through his son. It's so beautiful. And so here we're introduced to the 12 tribes that are the 12 stars and there is this glory that is shone around this woman. This, this woman who we know will be the, the woman named Mary and she will give birth to the Messiah. But this isn't the only symbolic sign in Revelation chapter 12 verse 3. Darkness is also revealed. A woman gives birth to a child who will rule the nation, but there's a beast who will try to stop the child. Revelation chapter 12, 3 to 5 reads as this, And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a, mare child, a male child, one who was to rule the nations with, an, with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. See, the Bible is incredible. It introduces us to the salvation story. John is given this imagery of of a woman clothed with the stars as sun shines behind her and the moon sits under her feet. But then also, God is not one to shy away from the reality of the world in which we exist. There is a darkness, there is an enemy, and his plan is what? To seek, to kill Destroy, to lead the people of God away from their actual promised destiny. That they would know and see God clearly. The Christmas story is remarkable because yes, it is light. But there is also darkness included in the story. This battle of light and darkness. Beloved, this morning I want to encourage you that God has a promise of light for your life. I want to encourage you that God has a promise of light for your life. Last week, we talked about how disappointments can rise in our lives and take on all sorts of different types of forms, but God is in it. Come on. God is in it. When we look around at the world in which we live, it can be hard to make out the light from the darkness, but it is there. God is sitting on a throne of peace and love and mercy. And the throne that he sits on is a throne of victory. And so let's not allow the darkness to overshine what it is that we're focused on. Yes, there is a promise of light for our life. But in the midst of it, there is a battle with darkness. There's a light, but that darkness will try to extinguish it. And beloved, what we know from scripture is as much as the enemy may try, he can't. He can't. He's presented in Revelation as a dragon. He's presented in Revelation chapter 12 as this great beast. One of the things that we struggle with sometimes in Christianity is, is, is we know that the enemy is, is, is is mischievous and, and he's got all these plans and he comes to seek, to kill, destroy, to do all these things. But one of the things that we sometimes mistake is we'll take the representation of him as this great beast, as, as a dragon, and we can mistakenly equate him to the same as God the Father. Ever found yourself in that place before? Where you see things taking place, you see things happening, and it, it can seem like the enemy has just as much power, but he doesn't. Satan and God are not the same. Come on. They are not the same. He is defeated in Jesus' name. And he has no power. He is not a creator. His only skills are to lie and to deceive. And one of the greatest lies that he will try to bestow on you is that he is equal to the Father, but he is not. He is stamped under the Father's feet. He is already defeated. He is awaiting his declare, his, his proclamation of defeat. He is in fear and trepidation. He is a coward. And we need to call him out as such. And so here in Revelation, we have this depiction of light versus darkness. And there we get times in our relationship with God where it's difficult to abide in God's love because Christmas is not a story only about light. It's also about darkness and how it can oppose the light. For various reasons, Christmas can be a profoundly difficult time for some. And if you're here today and you're finding it to be a particularly difficult time for you, uh, we really want to encourage you within this next portion of Revelation. Let it be a comfort to your soul. Let hope be restored this morning. Because whenever darkness opposes us, light always pushes back. I'm going to say that again. Whenever darkness opposes us, light always pushes back. The enemy may have a plan, but God has the victory. God's love, which gives us value, is not passive but active and engaged in our lives. Revelation chapter 12, 7 to 9. Now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated. And there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Christmas is the story that, yes, darkness is real. It is among us. We walk through its valleys. We experience it firsthand. It is very real. But so is this truth. John, repeating what it was that God sent to him in a vision, and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down. Who accuses them day and night before our God? And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. For they love not their own lives even until death. Darkness is a defeated foe. Jesus one day will forever with his... With his Jesus one day will deal forever with With its presence. Because of the victorious cross, he gives us the power to break up our partnership with darkness today. Remember that God's love is to see heaven on earth now. Come on. Come on, one of the most important things that we need to read out of the gospel is that we do not just have a promised victory in the future. Jesus has already died. God has already risen him from the grave. There is access to heaven on earth today. Don't miss that in the Christmas story. Don't miss that in the gospel story. We are not a people that are looking for a one-day salvation. Mm. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm-mm. This is a misunderstanding of Christianity. No, Life Center Kandata, we are living victorious today. We are living victorious today. Heaven has already come to earth. Jesus was born to the Virgin Mary. He lived, he taught, he willingly died and was risen again. My Bible tells me, That we are already experiencing the sanctification of resurrected life. Heaven is already flowing here on earth. You don't believe me? Ask Pastor Karen if you can go volunteer in our kids ministry. I'm telling you. To hear those kids... Worship a God that they are just beginning to have fully revealed to them. It will show you heaven here on earth. There is no mini Holy Spirit. When they pray, the earth shakes. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is alive and well inside of them. Why? Because the Christmas story is real. Why? Because Jesus died for us and was risen again. Let heaven touch earth today. Let heaven touch earth today. Do not allow the enemy to lie or cheat or deceive you out of the promise that you can already live in today. If you are to be found in the palm of the Father's hand, no one can pluck you from it. But the devil will try to lie you out of his grasp. The story of Christmas is a story of love. It's a story of darkness and light. It's a story of heaven and earth. But it's not just a story, it's our inheritance. Where we understand that we also have the power of Christ within us. That we also can push back darkness. Where we also can see the plans and the schemes of the enemy. And say, not here. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You are not welcome in this place. We can bind things. We can break chains. We can stand taller than anybody could ever possibly imagine. Because greater is he that is within us then he that is in the world, we have the power to push back the darkness, to see heaven on earth and conquer the works of darkness by the blood of the Lamb. and the word of our testimony. If you were here last week, you saw one of our brothers from our Orleans campus, Andre as he shared this incredible testimony of just jaw-dropping mercy and grace of God. And he's not alone. He's not alone, story after story after story, sitting here in this room today. In order to understand the story of Christmas, we need to have that childlike faith. The reminder that faith of a child is what will truly reveal the Father to us. Where we understand and we believe because He is truth. As we grow older, we tend to think that it's our value which makes us more lovable. But to really understand God's love for us, we need to see it the other way around. God's love gives us value. Like a young boy, 16 years of age, who loves his teddy bear. Oh, snuggles. The times we had. I'm going to have to pull him out of the closet today. I'm just feeling that. I'm feeling that tug on my heart. There was nothing intrinsically special about this bear until I had decided that he was all that I needed. And for each and every one of us today, from the moment, that your soul began to take form in the womb. God spoke value over you. He spoke value over your neighbors, over your co- co-workers. We sang one of the, the, those amazing Christmas carols today and spoke of how every nation will rejoice. As we look around at the world, that can stand in such opposition to each other. Let us pray for salvation for the world. Understanding that there will come a time when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What a day that will be. What a day that will be. As we get to look on God together. So does God really love us? Profoundly. More than we could ever know. And our heart this morning is not to convince you, but to remind you, to speak to the Holy Spirit who is already at work inside of you of just how much God loves you. And this love is a faithful love, a never failing love. We're going to close in prayer this morning, but I just want to encourage you before we do to set in your heart this morning a reminder Of just how much God cares. That he sees you. He loves you. And he would never stuff you inside of a pillow to sneak you inside of a hotel. Like what a God we serve, right? Like his love never stops. Even when you're awkward and 16 years of age. God is for you. God is for you. He loves you so, so much. And so let's just... Let's just call out a couple of things this morning and ask God's love to settle in our hearts. Can we do that? God, this morning in this room, I pray that you would remind us of your love. For anyone in this room who has a loved one that doesn't know you, God, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would remind us that yes, we love them, but you love them more. For every child who is raised in church and is walking their own path right now, God, your love for them goes beyond our love for them. God, for every neighbor and co-worker who we've been trying to reach out to with the gospel and just not understanding why they don't see you yet, God, as much as it breaks our heart, it breaks yours more. God, maybe we love them for a gift that they once gave us, a kind word that they once said, or just the position that they hold in our lives. But God, your love for them runs so much deeper. For even when they walk in opposition to you, your desperation is that they would know you. For even, Lord God, through different times that you've shown yourself through uh, different believers or through creation and they've chosen not to acknowledge, God, your Holy Spirit still calls out to them. God, I lift up anyone within the sound of my voice, whether online or in person, who is walking in the midst of disappointment. God, I pray that your love would remind us this morning that we are not our circumstances, and you are certainly not defined by the darkness that may enter our story from time to time. For God, you are the light. Mm. God, for anybody in the sound of my voice that is walking through a time of grief or is experiencing a time of loss or maybe Christmas is just reminding them of that today, Holy Spirit, I pray that they would have feet that would be set to dancing today. That they would be reminded of who they are in you, God. Lord Jesus, for those ones who have already passed on, God, we can't wait to see them again. But Lord, we still have a mission to partake in today, to set our hearts on the things that are of you, God, to renew our minds each and every day, that we would be ready vessels, that we would be ready vessels, God, to lay our lives down each and every day, that the kingdom of God would be made known here in this city. God, I lift up every youth, every high school student, God, I pray destiny over their lives. I pray purpose into their being. I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would rise up on wings like eagles, Lord God, and understand just as Posimi and Anjola have showed us today that their time is now, that this church is their church. God, I pray that they would be like a light on a hilltop. Shining for all to see. For God, you are so worthy. For all of our kids this morning, God, we place them before you. As many of us have already done, God, we dedicate them to you. Lord, those are your children given into our care. We appreciate that, God. Lord, as a church family, we speak over every single child today, God, that we will set the example of who you are. God, that we will show and, and direct them towards the light, God. I pray that words of encouragement would flow out of our mouths for those young ones, Lord Jesus. God, that we would show them how exciting it is to know your word. That we would show them, Lord Jesus, what a life fully devoted and sacrificed to you, God, how that can change a city, God. God, I thank you that they can grow up in a church where your name is proclaimed, where the word of God is opened, and where the people, Lord Jesus, are dedicated not for their own glory but to see your name be made great. Lord, I pray for each one in this room today. God, you know, you know, that God, it can be difficult at times to see the light through the darkness, but today, Lord Jesus, I pray that your face would shine so brightly before each and every person. God, if there are those in the sound of my voice that need to hear an encouraging word, may they come for prayer, God. I pray that not a single person would would exit the, the sanctuary today, would exit the church without giving someone a high five or telling someone just how great they look today in Jesus' name. If there's someone today, God, that needs to pull their teddy bear out of the closet, God, may they not be laughed at. God, I thank you for the value that you place on us. You're so incredible. Thank you, God, that we are loved in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that the story of salvation is complete, that all that we have to do is say, God, I believe, I accept that you are the son of the living God, that you came and you walked this earth and you died on the cross. I believe that that sacrifice made can wash sins away. God, I believe I am a new creation, that my name is written down in glory, that the blood of Jesus can cleanse me, purify me, allow me to be holy, to stand in the, the presence of he who is most holy. So God, if there is anybody in this room today that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, God, I pray that they would make that declaration today. God, I pray that they would tell somebody of the decision that they have made to accept the story of Christmas, to not just be a story that's told, but a reality that can be lived in in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We declare all of these things today that we would be reminded once again that we do not get to determine how much you love us through how valuable we perceive ourselves to be. No, God, our value comes from how much you love us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name.